scary ghosts, creepy serial killers, all things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. <laughs> Hi, Creepsters. I'm Barry Marino. I'm Philip Landry. And welcome to another episode of Open Shutters, a creepy podcast. And this is kind of a special episode. First of all, it's our first two-parter. Really? Yeah, we never did a two-parter before. Oh, wow. This is going to be the first one. And secondly, it's the first episode that we're originally going to have on our new host, Captivate. Captivate? Captivate, yeah. We're, um... We moved to a new host because we got uh, we get on more formats, and yeah, it is a paid host, but then again, we're going to be getting a little bit more advertising, which means you guys are going to have to put up with a few more commercials than you used to. There you go. But otherwise, we're still going to be the same old open shutters. And I'm pretty excited about the Captivate. It's a little bit more kind of complicated to handle. It's really got me a little bit spinning. But Aww. I'll get the hang of it eventually, I'm sure. You will. Yeah. And I want to spend a special thanks to Son of a Witch, Mike from Son of a Witch, because he's been giving me a really a lot of advice and a lot of help with this new host. He's also formerly of our former, I'm not even going to mention our former host name, but he's also uh, formerly was with them and moved to Captivate also. So, um... And we have a two-parter, because uh, this case that we are doing tonight, there was no way we could get everything in one show. No, and it does make a good divide. There's a good divide. Yeah, and you know... People realize. And it's just impossible to do it all in one show. And also, the main thing, we have a brand new microphone. If we sound any different, I hope hope it's better. Hopefully. <laughs> I tell you, we, we, uh, um, from the little waves on the screen, it looks like we're being heard better than we were with the other one. This microphone also is supposed to reduce a lot more of the background noise. I was listening to one episode, and you could hear me sucking on the peppermint. And then you can hear me crunching the peppermint in the background. Did you hear that? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> a few people have mentioned it to me, so I'm sorry. And then sometimes you could hear when we put the glass down, when we're drinking something... And it's just the way that microphone picked up a lot of background oh, it noise. It picked up yeah. a lot. It picked up a whole lot. So, so you, where we at? You have some things happening in your life, don't you? Well, I am starting to pack up the house here in New Orleans because I am moving up to St. Francisville. Yeah, which means we're probably going to have to be doing a whole lot of stuff more on the remote. Yeah. Which means you got to buy a laptop. Well, I'll just borrow... My partner's laptop. Yeah, he can own it to you once a week. Yeah, but uh, so, yeah, it'll be an interesting journey up there and getting all that done. So, and what date? When are you moving? What day? Hopefully, either the very end of June or beginning of July. So, oh, well, I'm gonna miss seeing you all the time, even though I'll probably just have to see you on the screen now. True. I mean, I gotta be able to go to the movies so much. No, we won't. Yeah. No, no, no. And we won't get to have dr- little stupid things to laugh about while hanging out, like what happened to you today with the at Wendy's. Oh, yeah, Wendy's. I, you see, I, I, being diabetic, even before I was diabetic, I learned to, when you, when you get used to tea or coffee without sugar in it, it starts to taste disgusting if it does have sugar in it. 
And I, for some strange reason, I don't know if it's their microphones. Here we back to microphones again. Or what? But this particular Wendy's always gets my tea wrong. And when I went to the, to the window, the woman said it was sweet tea, right? I said, no, it was unsweet tea, no sugar. She goes, oh, okay. But then she gives me one she had made already. And I figured that she had made an unsweet one, you know. Well, I got home, I ate my sandwich before I took a sip of my tea. You know, I took a sip of my tea, it was a goddamn sugar cube in it. And I'm like, damn it. So, I was almost tempted to go bring it back and tell her, give me the tea I ordered. But, it just, I don't know. It, that would be, almost be kind of like cutting off my nose to spite my face. Right? <laughs> it would be more trouble for me than it would be for them. So, uh, what else going on? Well, talking about things, let's talk about what we've been watching. So, let's talk about the movies first. So, I've actually, this past weekend, I went and saw the Downton Abbey, A New Era, with uh, Jim and all. It was was good. You know, I like it. Love me some Maggie Smith, some Dowager Countess, telling people off, always. (laughs) Did she finally die? Well, I can't give away that part of the movie. Oh, that means she does. Okay. <laughs> the movie, the movie has a part that's about her, though. A good bit of it is about yeah. her. Well, I know the end of the last movie, she said that she was she had cancer or something, and she was dying. Right. So, so uh, yeah. Well, um, it was it was a good way. I actually was glad. I was wondering what they were making the second movie, and I was like, "Is this going to be good?" I thought maybe not? they were going to have. It was actually well done. Come. I thought they were going to have her ghost come and um, haunt them. Oh, God. She, it, the ghost probably should. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I'm hoping that Maggie Smith doesn't wind up on our obituaries. Uh, I don't know. I wonder. I wonder about that. You know? Sometimes, yeah. I mean, she is up there. Hopefully she can hold on a little longer, but... Yeah. It makes me wonder whether or not this may be one of her final movies, though, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we just, they get up there and we never know when. As I was watching Grace and Frankie uh, last night, and it was an episode where they're starting to talk about their mortality now. Because, you know, they're in their, not their 80s. They well right. into their 80s. And, you know, like they said, you know, we don't know if we're going to be here in six months. When you get to that age, he says, that's, and uh, who which uh, one was it? Saul. He said, that's just part of growing older. You don't know whether you're going to be here or not. And that's actually true of most ages. That's true of my age, you know? Exactly. So. So uh, the other movie we went and saw saw with y'all this week. Yeah. The whole crew went and saw the Bob's Burgers movie. Yeah, kind of silly. It was silly, but it, it was fun. It was the a musical co- numbers. Those people it do not a, have singing voices. It was a good escape. Yeah. Oh, Linda always reminded me of this transgendered. Well, this is a transgendered woman. I'm not going to mention his name or her name, but he keeps on flip flopping from his male persona to his female persona. But when he's in his female persona, he still has his deep male voice. And you know, it's a male that voices Linda Belcher. On Bugs Burgers. Oh yeah, well that's a man that does. Yeah, it does. Linda it does the the, the, little, the daughter too? Not the little bitty girl with the bunny ears, but the other daughter. And um, every time I see, because this, oh, you talking about Tina? 
Yeah, but I'm talking right now. I'm talking about Linda. She wears the same that, that this queen I was talking about wore the same kind of wig, that oh flip wig, and, yes. and and had the big glasses. And when she would talk, I was going, "Oh my God, it's Linda Belcher." The bell flip, yes, <laughs> yes. Honey, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, but it, it, I mean, it was fun, but it was a little silly. Lance didn't like it at all. I just found it was a nice little distraction. Nice yeah, thing. it was like a, you just need a little skate somehow. Yeah, don't take it too seriously, please. No. Yeah. So, what were we even watching on TV? Let's talk about that. Okay, well, Lance and I, Curtis and I, just finished a thing called the Upsetting. And the upsetting it, or the unsettling? The you unsettling. Me, you were telling me the unsettling. The unsettling. And what it's about is, it's about these people, the foster parents, and they take in the, these foster kids, but there's some kind of really strange cult, Ooh. and they, they call themselves, what's the name they have for themselves? But anyway, the um, I can't remember this actress's name. I'm wondering um, if I could get it. She played Juliet on... Um, on Grimm. You remember Grimm? Yes. Oh, goodness, yes, I she remember She was Grimm. Nick's girlfriend, uh, yeah. then later wife, right? Yeah, that was a huge role. And yeah. she was, um, and she's the lead in this. She's the matriarch of this family that adopts these children, and they adopt them, well, I can't tell you, but they adopt them for a very, very ominous reason. And uh, her name's Marguerite something. I can't. I can't uh, remember her name. And who else is in it? Um, one of the, the the girl that's in it is from um, shit. I hate that. So I had it open on Google. I hear it is. Um, her name's Holly Taylor. She's on um, what is, uh, uh, Noah Grimser's little boy. Let's see, how what's Holly Taylor on? Holly Taylor was on um They have it here. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, unprepared for this. Uh she's no oh yeah, she's a singer and a dancer and she's known to um the Broadway production of Billy Elliot. But we see her on T V all the time. Uh she was in Love and Zombies, The Cook, Worst Friends, We Say Grace, The Witch Files. Manifest is one of the things she's on that we know her from. And the Americans. And she's on The Good Doctor also. Um, she was really good. And what is the name of this woman that is the... God damn it. But it also stars uh, David Clayton Rogers, Teddy Eagleson. She's an older actress. Oh, Marguerite Moreau. There you go. Marguerite Moreau. She is the one who plays... The matriarch of this family. It's very, very good. I, re I recommend it. It's on Netflix. You oh, definitely would. You definitely would love it. Well, talking about loving things, I love, I love that For You show on Showtime. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. <laughs> talking about, yeah, so it's I Love That For You. And it's a comedy, and it is just wonderful. And it's about... It's um, about a shopping network, and it's. I don't want to. I, I don't want to get. I don't want to give any more away because I feel like if I can say anything else, I'm. I'm. I'm giving away. Um, you know stuff. But let me just talk about the cast. I love Vanessa Bayer. Y'all remember her yeah. from like Saturday, Saturday Night Live. Live. Molly Shannon's on there. Jennifer yeah. Lewis is on there, and they got a lot of other uh, faces you would know. Um, but 
I like like I said, I don't even want to give away the plot. Just just go watch it. If you like comedy, if you like, it looked like something I would like. And it's uh, and it's a comedy about a shopping network. There, there's more to it than I'm giving out, but it's well worth the watch. And of course, just like me, you're probably still watching First the First Lady. I think it's still running. Oh, the it? First Lady's still running, still yeah. going with that. And I'm hoping they have future. Um, and I, it's and that's on stands, Showtime. Yes, it still stands out now. Um, the Michelle Obama lady, uh, what's her name? Viola, Viola Davis. Davis. She's kind of growing on me. I didn't like her in the role at first, and. So is Jillian Anderson as uh, as Eleanor Roosevelt, but I think uh, what's the name of uh, Michelle Pfeiffer as Betty Ford tops. I mean, hands she, down, she that. actually channels Bet- the real Betty Ford. It's kind of yeah. Now that she's getting to the actual like getting where you see she's having the addiction and alcohol. Yeah, it's like whoa! Like you realize how good Michelle Pfeiffer is in that. Yeah, and you know what? I'm all, I'm, I'm so really surprised for a Republican. Betty Ford was awfully liberal. She yeah. she she acted more like a Democrat than a Republican, yeah. but I'm just I'm just talking about the acting of Michelle Pfeiffer as Betty Ford. Yeah, it's, she's wonderful. Now she, that we're you seeing, don't even see Michelle Pfeiffer at all, you like, just see Betty Ford, and you're seeing how she has down the whole addiction alcoholism. Like she has it down. It's not just like oh I'm going to talk drunk. There's a whole physical part. To the acting, that's just impressive, and it's Ellie Fanning that's playing. Um, I don't know. Did you re- watch Susan the recent Ford. episode yet? I am on the last episode I watched. I think it's a little bit before where you. I'm not on. Okay, the- wait till you get to where I'm at. Like she had good act to begin with. But yeah. On there, she's starting to like whoa. Like you really see Michelle Pfeiffer's acting. Yeah. Shots. Yeah. And uh, of course, we I, I started the no season of Stranger Things. Oh, the new season of Stranger Things. I've already. I'm waiting on volume two now in July. <laughs> and then they're going to be a fifth season. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely. There's, there's definitely gonna and be, I have to say, I don't want to give much away, but I'm gonna. I do want to say this is definitely Max, a season that really highlights Max, the uh, character Max. If y'all are familiar, those that are familiar with Stranger Things, they do an excellent job with that. I also and I also enjoy some of the additions of the new characters. Yeah. Eddie Munson, Argyle, Eddie the Munster, get it? Oh, Munson, which is close to Eddie Munster, and then yeah. he looks like Eddie Van Halen. And yeah, exactly. So there's a whole lot going on there, and then Argyle, the pothead, which is out with. The and I looked at so, and the, the actor looks nothing like that. He's British. The one who plays Eddie. That happens a lot. Yeah. It happens a lot. Yeah, but he, he just embodies that uh, 80s American headbanger kind of... Well, you know what it is? The reason they like you, I think they love using British actors to do these American roles, is the British actors can get a generic American accent that can yeah. go for all viewers. Whereas sometimes if we use an American, the accent might be misplaced or wrong. Yeah. Like, or it's too, too comfortable. I think it's, it's weird how that works. But you see a lot My of British people also do a really good Southern accent too. Actually, yeah, they do a better I Southern mean, accent goes, than other Americans. That do, goes yeah. that goes back to Vivian Lee's going is uh, both Skull O'Hara and Blanche Dubois. Her Southern accent was very natural. She yeah, uh, she didn't um True. You, you didn't see yeah, and there was no British in it at all. And then when you hear Vivian Lee as herself, you could still tell it's hard as <laughs> certain things about her voice that's tr- that's real. That's Vivian Lee, you know, and it's just amazing. Some of the with actors can do sometimes. 
So, where we are now? What are we doing? You got some obits for us? Yes, we do. What? And we have a few of them. And two of them are soap opera stars. Well, no, one of them is a soap opera star. That's right. Uh, we're going to start with the soap opera star, actually. Lee Lawson. Of the Vagaiden Light. Now, a few s- several weeks ago, uh, we, re- we reported the old bit of Lisa Brown, who played Nola Reardon on the Guiding Light in the early 80s. Yes. Well, Lee Lawson played her mother, B. Reardon. What was funny is, is that she was only like 10 years older than Lisa, but she played her mother. <laughs> and Lisa was supposed to be her youngest child. Because Lisa was like almost 30, playing 17, and actually looked it. Now, Lee... Um, was also uh, she 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 was on uh, God Light from 1981 to 1990, and the show ended in 2009. And um, she also uh, uh, she did some other soaps. She did Love of Life, uh, One Life to Live, and then she, the God Light was her longest running uh, show. She. Um, she appeared in 50 episodes, which was the second longest running drama in television history. It aired for 72 years. And in her last episode, B appeared in a video message to her daughter Chelsea, who was played by Cassie DePavia, who most soap opera stars would know as uh, Blair on One Life to Live. That's what she's the most known for. And now she's Eve on Days of Our Lives. But anyway, I, th- I know too much about soap operas. She also appeared in shows like Maud, and in Maud she, she was playing a young woman, which was only a few years before she played B. Reardon. She was playing a young girl trying to get her inheritance from her mother, who was a friend of Maud's. And mm-hmm. uh, she was supposed to be like 26 or 27. And then just a few years later, she's playing a woman like 20 years older than that with grown children. Oh, good. <laughs> Amazing. So anyway, rest in peace, Lee. Okay, our next one. Our next one is a character actor, Fred Ward. Uh, he died at the age of 79. He's known for Tremors and The Right Stuff and Big Business with Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. He played the country Lily Tomlin's boyfriend. Right. That wanted to marry her. He was like a hunky kind That's of That's still guy. one of the cutest movies from that time. Yeah, yeah. It was very 80s and everything. And his big screen debut was in 1974's Ginger in the Morning. After starting out on television on shows like Quincy and um, and the 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 Incredible Hulk, uh, he would appear in like I said the right stuff. Henry and June, the very first NC-17 rated movie, and Tremors. And then someone was quoted as saying it was Fred Ward's wish that any memorial tributes be made in the form of donations to the Boston University Chronic Trauma Industry Prophecy Center. I know we're doing obits, but I got to mention since you bring up Tremors, because I always this comes up. Mm-hmm. Is anytime my uh, my cat he's under like the covers and stuff, and yeah. then we see him like moving around. I'm like, oh my god, it's a Tremor worm. <laughs> Yeah, Tremors, that's the one with the father from uh, <laughs> from Family Ties. It plays the... Yes, yes. Ah, the scenes where he has to drink his own pee and all kinds of oh, other stuff. Like, really. Alright, this next man will be no, is pretty well known. And um, one of my Facebook... He's a good friend of one of my Facebook friends, Miss Candy Clark. You know Candy Clark? You know who she is? Candy Clark. Candy Clark from American Graffiti. and uh, Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. 
the man that fell to the earth. Well, she's with Facebook friends, and she's actually, she interacts with me. She talks to me when my mom died. Oh, she died. talks to you? Yeah, okay. she talks to me oh, when cool. my mom died. And she made a movie in Slidell. And I said, I wish you knew we were here. I said, we, were go, we could have gone to some ghetto Chinese buffets. And she goes, oh, I love ghetto Chinese buffets. <laughs> They got a good one in Slidell, too. Yeah. The Golden yeah. Dragon. And she huh? would have gone there with us, too. I wonder what she would have thought of land. She would have gotten a big kick out of them, I know. But anyway, she, uh, Bo Hopkins, uh, the first movie I remember Bo Hopkins from was American Graffiti, but she was in with Candy. And they became good friends, even though they really didn't share any scenes together. Most of his scenes were with Richard Dreyfus. He was Joe, the gang member, the gang leader. <laughs> but what... Some of our audiences, especially some baby boomers and Xers, will know him the best as is Matthew, Crystal's ex-boyfriend on Dynasty, in the first season of Dynasty, and Claudia's husband. And I don't know if you remember him or not. He was uh, the oil rig guy, Matthew. And, Vaguely. Uh, mm-hmm. So he died A little in, before uh, time. In Van... What's that good? Van Nuy... N-U-Y-S? Van Nice. Venice? Van Nuys. Van Nuys. That you mean the town, like right outside the little area, right outside of Los Angeles. <laughs> so, uh, besides American Graffiti, he's done the Wild Bunch. It's poor Metro. Now. He's done Midnight Express, The Getaway with Steve McQueen and Ali McGraw. He had recording roles on Dynasty, which I mentioned earlier, and the Rockford Files. And um, Ron Howard said, "Rest in peace, Bo uh, Hopkins." I acted with Bo and directed him as well. He was an honest and authentic actor, more importantly, a terrific guy who spoke the truth with kindness and integrity. Those of us who knew Bo can count, on, count ourselves lucky. And, um, and uh, oh, and he was also in Hillbilly Elegy with Glenn Close, which Ryan Howard Oh, that was a recent, yeah, that wasn't that long That's ago. That's his last film. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he did a lot of things. So, you know, he and, and from what I hear from what Candy says and everything, he was he's one of the nicest people you ever want to meet. So rest in peace, Bo. I'm sorry I never got a chance to meet you. I wish I would have. All right, where are we now? We're at our last obituary, which is our biggest one, is our actor Ray Liotta, star of Goodfellows and Fields of Dreams. Uh, he was... Um, uh, the terrific actor whose career breakout came in 1990, Martin Scorsese's crime classic Goodfellows. And then he was also in Field, Field of Dreams. He played Shoeless Joe, the baseball player. And uh, he died in, the, in his sleep in the Dominican Republican where he was shooting the film Dangerous Waters. So I wonder how um, they are going to be able to... I don't know if they're going to CGI things or mm, what. Depends on the amount of footage. Gonna, Sometimes... Yeah. It was so early; they'll just they'll have to. They have to replace. They it, have yeah. to replace if it, if it's significantly in. There's ways they can do things. And he was engaged to be married to Jason Nito. There's no uh, according to this article I have. There's no more information on his cause of death. And um, but he's also that he he made a big um, splash playing villains. Played a lot of villains. One of them, uh, Unlawful Entry, with Kurt Russell and Madeline Stowe, where he plays a crazy rogue cop. And then there was one, um, it was set on a plane called Turbulence. And the plane... Well, he makes a great action villain. His face is just like But he played a serial killer they were transporting. Yeah. And there was turbulence on the plane or something. And 
he winds up getting loose. And first thing he does is murders one of the stewardesses. Oh, yeah. He's played by Catherine Hicks. This is an ironic piece of trivia. Her character's name was Maggie. And she was like the friend, best friend of the lead character. And she gets killed. Uh, okay, another movie she's in. Child's Play, the very first Chucky movie. <laughs> she is the lead in that one. And she's, what's his name? Uh, what's, what's Andy's mother? And her best friend is played by Diana Manoff. You remember Diana Manoff from um, Empty Nest and Grease? Okay. And her name's Maggie, and she's Chucky's first victim. Oh, God. She's the one who throws the hammer at, and she goes stumbling and and, and falls out the window. So anyway, um, rest in peace, Ray Liotta. Rest in peace, Ray. All right. So what what time is it? You know what time it is. Oh, it's horoscope time. It's horoscope time. It's horoscope time. Philip is so sublime. It's horoscope time. Philip Landry is horoscope. Okay, there we go. I won't won't finish that verse. If (laughs) y'all... Y'all gonna hate me this week, like y'all don't hate me every week. Y'all gonna really hate me because if y'all Why are we hate, gonna hate you? if y'all hate the creepy crawlies, this is not the week for y'all. This is infestation week. Infestation on, on, on week. the horoscopes. Yeah. Everybody's lives, their bodies, their whole beings are gonna feel like they're infested by some kind of bug. Oh, that's disgusting. Each sign is gonna have a bug we that is. Gonna, uh, yeah, and this is the time of year we still have all. It's gonna bugs. be up its ass, up its snatch, up its through its mouth somewhere. The swamp we live in is swarmed with bugs during this time. Oh of yeah, year. it's termites, bugs, roaches, bug season. Or, yeah, they've and they've all made it somewhere on the list today. Where do these things go in the winter months when we don't see them? <laughs> where are they? Underground. They hibernate or something? <laughs> They're having some rave, rave deep in the deep in the ground or in the trees. <laughs> and then the weather turns hot, and there they are. Oh God, I know. Well, starting out, we got Aries. Looks like. They're basically going to be plagued with an infestation of murder hornets. Oh, murder hornets. Oh, then we have, aren't they coming for us anyway? They're already here in some, somewhere in the States. Like, though they had some out in the Northwest. Are they really murdering people? Well, they're not just murdering people. They're murdering the bees. Oh, that's not fun. Murder hornets are vicious as hell. Oh, no. Yeah. I, I think like they're coming out there for me to, like, I think they're... Like they had them in like Japan and I think in other parts of Asia and stuff. Oh. And now, they, now they made their way across the Pacific to here. Oh. Good old murder hornets. Murder hornets. Oh. Yeah. Well, Tauruses might be a little too close to home and close to sleep because it looks like they're going to have their lives upended by an infestation of bed bugs. Oh, God, those things are disgusting. Yeah, very. And you're thinking you're sleeping in a little cotton in the mattress. Ouchie, ouchie. Well, I don't have any bites, so I guess I'm okay. Well, no. Roz is scared of them. Well, Roz is a Gemini, and that's what's next. Oh, what's he going to do? Geminis, there is no rest for the weary. They have to deal with the loud droning of the cicadas. Oh! There was one stuck in the store the other night when he was working. <laughs> a cricket or something. That was The cicadas are annoying as hell. It was this annoying creaking noise. And the weird part is, is that it is true. The more of them you can get, and they'll line up with the voice, it actually causes this weird amplification. Oh, my God. It just sounds horrible. Oh, when they get inside. Ugh. And you can't find where they are. You know what happened to me? My phone... 
sometimes it'll get wedged in between the seats and I'll call it or make it ring and I can't find it. I can't tell where it's coming from. That ever happened to you? Mm-hmm. Is that not annoying or what? Very annoying. <sighs> well, talk about annoying. But maybe maybe not the worst. We have your lovely son of cancer. Oh, good Lord. Y'all have to me? deal with the Luna Moths. Is that that's not those silence of the lambs moths, huh? I don't know. Was that a Luna moth? I don't know. The Luna, the Luna moths are more like a, more of a more of a general moth. But yeah, you can go look that up. But yeah, no, 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 no. I know yeah. the one you're talking about. I think that's a different one. That yeah, might be the. Oh God! Now you got me wondering what the name of that one is. I didn't use it in my it list. Has a, it looks like a skull on it. Yeah, yeah, that's a different one. I know which oh, one. Okay, that's a different. Okay, that's a different. It's got like some crazy name i'd have to go look it up i'm not an entomologist okay i'm just freaking out over infestations continuing the infestations leo looks like they're gonna have to deal with an infestation of night butterflies night butterflies yeah there's these there's a few rare kind of there's rare butterflies that only not moth this is actual butterfly but it's most butterflies are in the daytime yeah and and they're pretty too this one looks a little more like a moth, and it's a nighttime, but it is a butterfly. Oh. So Leo's got to deal oh. with that infestation. Oh, dear. And they like to get in the houses. They get inside houses? Yeah. Do they, like, eat your house like termites? No, 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 no. However, that's funny. You mentioned that because up next is Virgo, and it looks like, yeah, your whole life is going to be taken down by some chewy termites. Oh, good. Good, good, good. I got some ashes to feed it. Wow! Wow! I should not say say that. You said it, and it's on air now. Oh well, it went. It 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 it, it's out there. The genie's out the bottle. It's way out. Well, is it really out the bottle? Literally, I don't know. Okay, (laughs) moving along to Libra. Libra, you might want to be careful going down in your basement or any like area that's a little more darker and moister and crevicey in your house. Crevicey. Yeah, or the crevices of your body because you might find some cave crickets. Ew. Yeah, some cave crickets. Those are some scary looking little things. Ew. I shouldn't say very little because they're kind of sizable. But oh. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, cave crickets. Also similar to spider crickets or the, what was the other name they have for them? But the cave crickets—they're all of these. There's these types of crickets, a whole bunch of ones. Oh, that's like to hang out in the creepy crawly that places is, of your life. That is not pleasant. Moving along to my sign, though, Scorpio. Scorpio. Looks like we got to deal with your good old coffin flies. <sighs> Do they want some ashes? Well, no, ashes are kind of far gone. For oh. coffin. coffin flies like you when you're still rotting. Okay, okay. So. <laughs> What's Not- that say about Scorpios? Mm. Shit. Mm. Uh, although I wouldn't be surprised. I don't if I know. Saw Is that some- your sign? When I was packing up, wait, hold on. When I was packing up the house, I found some scary ass shit due to my partner. Oh. My, the, he he just he forgets about stuff. Speaking of scary ass shit, if it wasn't for me, number one. The refrigerator wouldn't stay clean, okay? Mm. Like, I make sure that bad food, expired food, makes out. But things in the cabinets, if I don't know about them, and they're put in a cabinet, and I don't know about this cabinet, uh-huh. like, if it's not the main pantry, shit can happen. I found 
a bag of bird seed that I didn't even know was bird seed till I actually read the bag because it had gotten so moldy inside the bag. It was unreal. Okay? Who knows how long the bird... I immediately threw it in the trash and I had just took a moment not to vomit. Okay? Oh. It was so disgusting. On top of that, I also found in that same damn cabinet a rancid tin of some bougie-ass European chocolate. Ew. That must have been sitting there for the last six years. You know, one time I, um, I, uh, I had left, forgotten out a, you know, the, the liver sausage thing, that liver sausage you put on the crackers. <laughs> I had forgotten it out. It was only out there <laughs> maybe one day, and I hear these crinkling little noises and it was it already had maggots in it I'm like ah! I felt like it was in a horror movie oh that's creepy <laughs> yeah I couldn't eat that kind of sausage for a long time we were totally gross and now I probably people. won't be able to eat it again for a while yeah. now because I'm thinking about it again so yeah I'm really not surprised if I'm dealing <laughs> with coffin flies well talking about my crazy ass partner let's move on to say oh wait, what was you going to do to him <laughs> Oh, talk about really, really nasty fire ants. Oh, I, oh. Burn, oh. baby, burn. Oh, and they use those little pussy things. Little oh, stingy things, yeah. Those little pimples. Oh, Sagittarius, y'all have fun. Ooh, should, maybe Libra should get them some of them, too. No, Libra. Not Libra, I mean uh, Virgo. Virgo's got the termites. And let them have the fire ants, too. No, no, no. Fire ants are sad. Just... Termites are Virgo. People get their, their sign, get specifically what it gets, oh. okay? I want them both to get, I want, I want Virgo to get both of them. Be careful now. <laughs> okay. You be, be, you're a cancer and you got one of the nicest ones out of the I group. I know, that was good. Okay, like so that. be thankful for yourself. Well, you who got the butterflies, those are nice ones. Uh, actually, the night butterflies are actually worse than the Luna Moth. Oh, as far are. as infesting a house. Oh. But it's still better. You know, both the butterflies are, are sweet. They nice little, little bugs. Yeah. Oh, oh, you want to know something about butterflies I found out? You know yeah. how people are always like, ooh, this is so cute. The butterfly's landing on me. The butterfly's landing on me. Yeah. The, uh, Guess what I found out why they land on you? Why? It's because of our sweat. They want our goddamn salt from our sweat. It's disgusting. <sighs> They're licking our sweat. So we got to make sure we out in the sun when we go to the insectarium and then... And then a ton so of butterflies. Feed the butterflies. Are, yeah, well, they're getting your salt. Oh. It's a salty situation. They're calling you salty. That's not. Uh, it's not because you're sweet. It's because you're salty. You're savory. If you're sweet, you go we're going for flowers. We're they savory. go to the flowers for the sweetness. They go. We, we savory. You're salty. Not savory. You're salty. Salty. <laughs> like a big old salt lake. <laughs> exactly. Oh. That's apparently what it is. That's what the butterflies oh, are doing. Oh, poor little butterflies. They need their salt. Well, you you want to supply it for him? Yeah. I'll supply it for him. I don't like to sweat anyway. <laughs> oh, well, definitely <laughs> not as sweet or salty. We're moving along to Capricorn. And it looks like they're dealing with an infestation of skin beetles. Oh. Oh, skin beetles. But Lance doesn't have that much skin. He's just a little whisper of a person. Hmm. Well, they'll eat the rest of the flesh. What's left? Too. Could you give some to Aras or to Curtis? Yeah. Or to me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good old skin beetles. Aquarius. Aquarius is who? Yeah. I guess y'all y'all might have messed with the wrong people because y'all got black widow spiders coming for y'all. Mm, I must say. 
I must say. Hint, hint to Stranger Things. Ooh. Oh, oh, I saw that one scene with that. Yeah, so I know what you mean. So. Oh, now where are we? Those of y'all, y'all, I'm not gonna say anything more. If you've watched it, you know exactly what that reference is to. If not, go watch it and you'll understand. <laughs> and as to who I may be referring to in my own life, oh well. <laughs> oh, and that's a, and this is who uh, with son Aquarius. Aquarius. Okay. I don't know who you're talking about, but you can tell me on the break. Let me write it down for you. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. that one, yes. Yes. Yeah, that yes. one needs it. Yes, that one's got, yeah. Yeah, that one needs it. Sorry I can't share on the air, but y'all, no. at least though there's some shadiness going on. Don't, don't, don't share on the air, but hey. The shade is real. It is real. It, it, it is needed shade. Yeah. And last but definitely not least. Pisces. Pisces. Oh, Pisces going to hate my ass because I know Pisces that do not like these things. Y'all going to deal with that wonderful, timely infestation that happens every summer and it's going on right now. Those good old flying cockroaches. Oh! Oh, those big old nests. The palmetto bugs. (laughs) Yes! Yes! Oh my god! They no, coming for you, honey! Especially anybody who lives on the Gulf Coast from like oh. Florida on over. Y'all know all too well oh, man. about these nasty fuckers. You are cold. <laughs> Pisces, that's your fucking life for the next that week. Is, that it's is being so... attacked by a thousand Flying cockroaches. That is so wrong on so <laughs> I'm probably going to get hate levels. mail from the Pisces for that Oh, one. good lord. I told y'all y'all are my favorite people, but when y'all are having it bad, I got to be real. And we definitely need a break after that one. <laughs> We're going to be right back with uh, the, sto- the story is, uh, like I said, this is our first two-parter. We cannot tell. This is the story of the Stainer family. Um, and uh, I, I'm not going to give away too much right now. I want you to listen to the second half. But uh, this, I don't know how much can, uh, what, how many families could be put through more than this family was put through. Uh, it's really a very, very tragic family. And our first part is going to be about what happened to the son, Stephen. Our second part is going to be focusing on another son, uh, Carrie. And that'll be next week. Yeah, that's going to be next week. All right, we'll be right back with the story of the Stainer family. All right, we're back. Um, so tonight, just like I said earlier, this is going to be our first two-parter. Because we, uh, we, I watched the documentary on Hulu about the, this family. and oh, the captive audience? Captive audience, a real American horror story. And tr- I'm telling you, it is. I mean, this is a roller coaster ride. Uh, this family went through hell back and then back through hell again. This is this is this is this family is yeah and then this in this in this first episode this first part or we have of this is going to cover pretty much pretty much I would say definitely the first episode and a good bit of the of the second, second episode yeah, the second and episode. the second part that we do is going to cover pretty much the last episode maybe a little bit from the second episode yeah yeah maybe a little bit but i i we, we i have i pretty much have the stopping point on this one yeah okay so first of all um uh, this uh, episode is we talking about the stainer family they're um in uh, 1972 their seven-year-old son steven was abducted uh, near his home in merced california by a child molester named kenneth parnell now um 
Stephen Steiner was born April 18, 1965, in Mercer, California. He was one of five children. He was like the third of the five children. And uh, his mom, it was his mom's name is Kay. He was born to Delbert Dell and Kay Steiner. And his mom says that, you know, some of her kids, she says, are helpful and some aren't. I guess she meant some were bad and some weren't. <laughs> and she said Stephen was helpful. So he was a good little boy. Uh, he did as he was told, you know. He was, you know, he was just, just a typical little boy, but he was a good kid. And one night, they noticed he didn't, he hadn't come home from school. Hmm. And they called school. The school said, you know, he hadn't even shown up in school. So he was, uh, or he had already left. Didn't, didn't he go to school that day, or did he? Well, no, he had gone. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, no, he was on his way he home. He was on his way home. home. So the school said that he had left. He wasn't still at yes. the school. And they started worrying. And then it got to be longer and longer and longer. And they said, the big old manhunt. You remember that? All, all these, um, these neighbors looking for him, everybody trying to help, this missing child. And finally, you know, he's missing so long. The case goes cold, but Mom says she never has given up hope. Kay continues to know that one day Stephen is coming back. So in the meantime, Stephen has been kicked. Uh, Parnell goes to Stephen and tells him that he was a pastor from some church. Well, actually, what happened is he had, there was two guys that were working. Parnell was sitting in the car. Yeah. You remember the, guy, the other guy, what was the guy's name? The one that was the approached Stephen on the sidewalk while Stephen was Murphy. Walking. Murphy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Irvin Edward Murphy. Uh, yeah. And he then encourages him to come over to the vehicle where Parnell's sitting in the vehicle. And they were both Yosemite National Park uh, employees. Yeah, well, yeah, well Merced is, is basically the town that leads into going into the National Park. You know, it's like the last major city town. You know, I think. So, yeah, I mean, Yosemite is uh, the background of all of this. In this oh, movie. yeah. And so, um, people you know, said that, you know, Mur he was trusting. He was, Murphy was a simple-minded guy. He might have been a little bit challenged. And Parnell kind of, you know, he was a leader, you know. Yeah, he, he, he dominated him, so to speak. So he told them that he was uh, passing out gospel tracts. And, and he told them that he, the mom was going to donate something, that Kay was going to donate things to his church. And Stephen goes, oh, yeah, my mom would do that kind of thing. She would donate to, to the church. So they took him. And Stephen noticed that he wasn't. They passed his house. Yeah, because they like claimed that. they were going to take him home. And, and they did like, well, where you take him? So finally they take him to this house. And Parnell tells Stephen, well, your parents, you were a bad boy and your parents don't want you anymore. So I'm your father now. And your name is no longer Stephen. Your name is now Dennis Parnell. It's not Stephen Stainer anymore. And the kid just kind of like does what he was saying. It says. And for how many? For seven years. He lives as Parnell's son. He still goes to school. He makes friends. And you remember when some of the friends said that they, that they were afraid of Parnell. They wouldn't go to his house. And none of the parents would let him go to the house. And he wasn't really taking real good care of this boy either. Because no. they said he had old clothes. He always had old shoes with holes in them. He never had any socks and his ankles were dirty. 
he wasn't taking really good care of him. And um, he has him for seven years. So by the time, you know, seven years later, Stephen, who actually is beginning to call Parnell dad and everybody and everybody in the area, where did they move to? They moved to... Um, well, because by that point, he he had groomed him and convinced him and brainwashed yeah. him and whatever else. And he was, had been molesting him. He, 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 yeah. He molested him the very first night. And then he began raping him 13 days later. Yeah. And after... Uh, Stainer and Parnell many times after, during the first week that he, he wanted to go home. He kept on. He even tried to escape one time, and he didn't get very far. He wound up going back because he didn't know where he was. Where did he take them? He was taking them. To, so they wound up living in locations. They, they lived in. Uh, they wound up in uh, what's that? Compton. 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 Let me see. C O M P T C H. Oh no no. Uh, let me see what you They lived in Santa Rosa for yeah. a while. Compton's in LA. They wouldn't be living yeah. in Compton. Com no, Compton's kind of like New Orleans East. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Comptia. 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 So they were living in Comptia, and. Um, yeah. They, they, you remember how many times they talked? We, the, on the. Um, the documentary, they interviewed a lot of the kids that he was friends oh, with. Oh, yeah. I mean. And they were talking about what his life was like. And they interviewed the um, the parents of the kids, and the parents were saying they didn't like Parnell. They thought that he was, uh, and he was having sex with Stephen the whole time, mm. from the time he was seven years old till I mean, this kid went through puberty being molested. He went through the period of uh, of your life when you're either playing baseball or playing with dolls. When that depends on which one you're into. And, you know, you, you want to know the best toy, uh, you, you know, you enjoy Christmas. I mean, Stephen probably still believed in Santa Claus when he took him. Yeah. yeah. Seven years, yeah. And, and then he went through puberty and everything with this monster. So anyway, this piece of shit comes one day. Stephen's 14 by this point, and he brings another little boy there. And the little boy, what was the little boy's name? Timmy. Yeah. Yeah. And then, oh yeah, in 18 months they lived with a woman named Barbara Mathis who had lived with him. Like, his, I think he was uh, like Parnell's girlfriend. And she also was raping Stephen along with him. And, uh, and in 1975, here's, this is something from the Wikipedia page. In 1975, on Parnell's instruction, Mathis tried to lure another little boy who was in the Santa Rosa's Boys Club with Stainer into Parnell's car, but the attempt was unsuccessful. And Matthias later claimed to have been completely unaware that Dennis had been kidnapped. She thought that was his real child, even though she was aiding in the sexual abuse. She thought he was sexual abuse, sexually abusing his own son. So, um... It's still bad any which way you write it. Yeah. Like, like, like I can't believe she <laughs> that made for some justification for her. So on <laughs> Valentine's crazy. Day, February 14th, 1980. Oh, yeah, well, it's okay. It was his own kid, so he could fuck his own kid. But I didn't know he was kidnapped. What kind of logic is that? Dang. <laughs> <laughs> I just something, you know, it, it just never ceases to amaze me. 
sometimes the way people did. So on February 14th, um, uh, well, he, he, Cornell started getting tired of Steve when he entered puberty because I guess he didn't, you know, he was starting to become an adult now and he didn't want to, uh, that's not what he wanted. He wanted a child. Yeah. And uh, so he started looking for other kids. And um, Stephen kept on wanting to leave. And, you know, the, the, every time they would, they would try to kidnap somebody together, it was unsuccessful. Stephen would kind of sabotage it. So Parnell said that, you know, he said that he, he, he you know, uh, um, an accomplice. And now, and Stephen did intentionally sabotage the kidnappers, the, the kidnappings. But uh, on February 14th, Parnell and a teenage friend of Stainer's named Randall Scott Gorman, they kidnapped the five-year-old boy named Timothy White in Ukiah. Mm. And Stainer decided to return the boy to his parents. He decided they were escaping. So on March 1st, 1980, when Parnell was at work, Stephen and Timmy left and hitchhiked into Ukiah. And when they were unable to locate the little boy's phone, they went to the police. And he had been, um, he talked to the police, and they told the police about how he was also kidnapped and how Timmy was kidnapped. And he says, um, they said, what do you know about your former life? He said, all I know is that my first name is Stephen. So they, 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 did some they did some checking in, and it turns out that Parnell had been arrested on suspicion of abducting uh, oh, yeah, he was he was arrested on March 2nd, 1980. And when they checked out, they found out that he had a sodomy conviction in 1951. And then both kids were reunited with their family. It was a big old media blitz. And, um, you, I mean, you, I think I kind of remember it. You would have been young. You would have been a kid. I don't even think you were born in 1980, yeah? Mm-mm. No. I wasn't born in 1981. Oh, you weren't even born during all of this. No. So maybe more like the trial. <laughs> yeah, and so it came, so Stephen came out. He became a media star. He was a hero. He gets reunited with his family. Well, meanwhile, while Stephen's kidnapped, Stephen's dad Dell is not taking it very well, to say the least, is he? Not really. And he's not treating his other children right, especially. The oldest son, Carrie. He blames Carrie for everything. He blames Carrie for Stephen's kidnapping. He's saying he missed all these times. Stephen wanted to play catch with him the day before he was kidnapped. And he said, no, he was too busy. He says, I would have catch with him. Maybe he wouldn't have been kidnapped. You know, and he was getting really... He was becoming the problem in the family. Wasn't he starting to drink and everything? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he just He's... became a big old giant mess. And this sort of affected Carrie. And when Stephen came back and was getting all the attention, Dell was still treating 14-year-old Stephen, who was already had an, active, active, had an active sex life for like the last, what? For like the last like five years or so, seven years, and uh, and yeah, yeah, Dell was treating, still treating Stephen like he was a five-year-old kid, like he was a seven-year-old kid, and like I said, was just saying, 
he already had a sex life. He was actually mu mu way mature beyond 14 years old. He probably mature up to like in his 20s or something. Well, that, but man. emotionally, he was probably stunned. But he was still, he was still all messed up. Yeah, emotionally. And that's what happens to sex. And then music. on top of that, you're putting all this newfound fame. He's this hero. Mm. Every every television station wants to interview. Every um, uh, you know, all the news outlets. Everybody, every talk show wants him as a guest. He's on all these different things. He's on TV all the time. People are writing him letters. Young girls are sending him pictures. He almost becomes a teen idol, so to speak. And it's not really faring very well. And it's not faring very well for the family, too. And it was like, you remember what Kay said on the, on the documentary? Well, you think it's a happy ending, but it wasn't. Which oh, was you know, the mom? The mom, yeah. Kat. Oh yeah, the mom was like she regretted where she did why she didn't step in. Yeah, and stop. Yeah, she she takes some responsibility. Yeah, she takes some. Yeah, and it is. Uh, and Dell was just he didn't handle that well either. He he didn't handle any of it very well. So um, Stephen, you know, he goes back to high. We still you know, he goes to high school. He's having he's having the good. Uh, you know, he's having a, a, a... Now, he's settling into being a teenager again, prom and everything. And when he's a boy... How old is he? Let's see. Here we go. I'm referring to the um, Wikipedia page. So, 1985, this is five years after he yes. was... He was... Uh, he came home... He married a, a young girl named Jody Emerson, and he had two children, a daughter, Ashley, and a son, Stephen Jr., who are both interviewed, both grown now and interviewed on that, that documentary. Yes. And he, uh, he worked with child abduction groups, spoke to children about personal safety, and gave interviews about his kidnapping. And, and he, joined, he became a Mormon. He joined the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But... Um, he underwent some counseling, and, but he never really saw it really. You know, when you, if, if you have a traumatic experience like that, always seek help. Always get counseling. You can't really handle that by yourself. Then there's a lot of trauma to handle on your own. And he's always thought he didn't need any. And I think a lot of it had to do with Dell. Didn't want him to get any counseling. Well, and also, it's sometimes the people need to stop looking at is also, is it handled? I mean... With what he went through, he's never going to be handled. It's kind of like he's never going to get a grip on it. He's never going to get over it. That's that's where people have to stop. When when someone's been as a child was put through a traumatic experience, whether it be a physical, uh, just regular physical abuse, or actual physical and sexual or sexual abuse, it's going to leave. And this was this was this was a lot of sexual abuse. And that's what I'm saying. Like this, every night. Yeah, so for him, there's no way of getting over that. There's no way of handling that. It, it's almost at the level... And so, okay. Mm. Let's get back to... Go back to yeah. Parnell. Yeah, let's get back to Parnell, because we didn't even get to the trial yet. Yeah, <laughs> so... Um, Parnell was arrested on the suspicion of, of abducting both boys. They checked his background and found a sodomy conviction in 1951. And he was he and he he was he had the trial and he was convicted of um, 
kidnapping, and he was only sentenced to seven years and was and was paroled after serving five. And they didn't charge him with the sexual assaults because they occurred outside of their jurisdiction, so they couldn't. Yeah, they couldn't do that. And so he yeah, got, and the, yeah, he more or less got away with. It, and there was also a statute. And the seven years too. was only marked on Timmy. Yeah. When it came to Stephen, I think it only was like a fraction of that. Like, was it like twenty months or something? It yeah. was like very minor. Like it was. Yeah, he got almost no uh, kind of. Like uh, it should have been a whole other seven, and which would have been maybe up to fourteen years. That would yeah, have been nice. but he so, should really, for what he oh, did, should have been a whole lot. He worse. should have been life in prison. Yeah, no punch parole. Yeah, but at that he time, actually he he literally killed something. I mean. He slowly murdered this boy. But it's like they went the judge or whatever. The, they're doing so easy on the on the on the sentencing. Yeah, and uh, and Murphy was also um, uh, for helping him to kidnap Stephen, and and Poorman for helping the kidnap wife. They were convicted of lesser charges, and they both claimed they knew nothing of the sexual assaults. And uh, Jack Mathis, the woman, she never was arrested at all. But see, Stephen remembered uh, the kindness Uncle Murphy had shown him in his first week of captivity. And they were both under uh, the influence of Parnell's manipulation. And, um, but he did believe that Murphy was as much Parnell's victim as, as he and Timory were. So his mm-hmm. kidnapping and its aftermath prompted California lawmakers to change state laws to allow consecutive prison terms in similar adoption cases. So, so that's did, one good thing change that came things. out of it. Yes. It changed the law. But um, so uh, getting back to um, to Stevens, in 1985 he gets married, he joins the Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And then uh, he has the two children, and on September 16th, 1989 he has a fatal motorcycle accident on his way home from work. His motorcycle collided with a car in a hit-and-run accident, and they never found the driver. Mm. Oh, he was yeah. The driver was later identified. Um, Five hundred people attended his funeral, including fourteen-year-old Timmy at the time, who was a pallbearer. Mm. Now, uh, getting to the television miniseries in 1989, a television miniseries called "I Know My First Name Is Steven" and also known as "The Missing Years." was produced and uh, Stephen took a leave of absence from his job and acted as an advisor for Lamar Telepictures and he had a non-speaking part playing one of the cops who escorted 14-year-old Stephen who was played by Corey Nemnick who was also in the the documentary. Yes. (laughs) He was like reading some of the lines that Stephen said to the police. And um yeah, well, he's returning him to the family uh, that, that Stephen played in that cop. And he, but only the complaint, the main complaint he had is that uh, it depicted him as a somewhat obnoxious, rude person, especially towards his parents. And he refuted that while publicizing the miniseries. And the two part miniseries was broadcast on NBC uh, May 21st through 22nd, 1989. This is not long before Stephen's death. Mm. And, um, it it, it it played all over the world, and it received four Emmy nominations, including one for the young man, uh, for Corey Nemnack that played Stephen. And uh, 
he published a book also entitled, and I know my first name is Stephen, and the epilogue of the book describes how he infiltrated yeah. Nambla, the North American oh, man. boy, man, man boy, love. Oh, God, that, that, that gives me the creeps. That gives me I creeps. still don't understand how uh, organization an organization of, of child-molesting pedophiles. How in the hell was that allowed to go on for so long? Like, I don't even understand that. And anyway, uh, so um, so anyway, uh, good lord, what you got to say? What you have to say about some of this? Isn't thank this a God, classic? Thank case? God, laws have changed. This is a classic case of what people are now calling grooming. They also people tend into, um, but it also it's it's taking a hard look at society then. In the 70s. And in the what 80s, was, yeah. And what people... It's not that people didn't think what was going on wasn't gross or whatever. It's just that so many people... Like, the the government didn't really make the laws it should have made to yeah. protect early on. There's just things that weren't there in the society. And the society seems to have taken a blind eye to it at a certain And point. how many of these things have happened where the boy did get away? Or the girl didn't get well, away. Well, yeah, and then, and then a lot of it, I mean, there's still things that go on today, and now today it's way more shocking because, you know, we have a lot more surveillance and other things going on. But back then, I think it happened all the time. You know what it really is? Um, you know, whenever something like this, we, we've been talk, there's been a lot of talk about grooming these days. And it's almost to the point where people are getting, it's, it's getting... They're getting people tired of it because there's so many false claims now. Yeah. And it's a thing. Um, I, I was watching an episode of, you know, Law and Order SVU, which really handles cases like this type of thing all the time. And one of the things uh, Olivia Benson, played by Mariska, Har um, Mariska Hargitay, said was um, she has very much contempt for the false claims. Because it delegitimizes the real claims. It's true. It's true. You know, and when somebody yells rape and they weren't, that then they don't believe someone who was really raped. And that's, you know, that it's really sad. But this is a classic case of what we today call grooming. So, um, what we're going to do is... Think uh, is there anything else? Okay, talk a little bit about the uh, the the miniseries Captive Audience: A Real American Horror Story. What did you think about it? Actually, for the Hulu, it's actually well done. I actually like how each each episode was actually um, what it followed and what it mm -hmm. what it handled. It was actually done real well, actually, and it it, it moved through time. And like I said, we're going to complete it next episode for sure. Yeah, talking about it, but and yeah, it's, and, and the thing is, um. It's the, the, this isn't the end of it. There's so much more to it, and it's still affecting people to this day. Because you saw his children, yeah. And what's intriguing, you're bringing up a point now. I think it's worth looking at it now in 2022 
having take I think that we need to do this with a lot of cases. I think it's great with this world of podcasts we have now, the way the streaming services are that can tackle and do docu-series. I think this is what should be done is because at the time, the 1970s, we didn't have media the way we have now. Yeah. And so the media actually wasn't even held properly accountable for what it was doing and what it was contributing to. And it is amazing how something that happened that started 50 years ago is still going on. Yeah. People are still affected by it. Those those children of his never really knew their father. Their father is pr- pretty much a ghost to them. Yeah. You know, because they True. were they were little when he when he was killed. Exactly. You know. And 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 I think what I, what the point I'm getting at is about with the media. The media back then was just like, "Ooh, this is sensational. Let's do it. Let's do it." And the, the media still does that with mm-hmm. things. However, the media has been put a little more in check at times where you have other people in the media saying, are you thinking about this person's mental health when y'all yeah. are acting like this? Are you doing... They didn't have that back in the 1970s and 1980s. No. Now, we put people in check. Yeah. So, really, the interesting thing is is the idea, and I really like the title of the series called Captive Audience, there is a responsibility for what the media did yeah. back then. And I think if we don't continue to put people in check for that, but then it adds another thing. Captive audience also, not just media, it puts a thing on society and the American public of how we act, too. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Uh, we are going, and, and um, we're going to do a little bit of the aftermath now. That, now, we're not going to discuss what happened later until next week's episode but we're gonna we're gonna find out what happened to um we're gonna talk about what happened to parnell and and a few others uh in night in 2004 parnell he was convicted of trying to he was 72 years old and he was convicted of trying to the previous year to persuade a caretaker sister to procure for him a young boy for 500 dollars and that then, is disgust. That is the most disgusting shit I could ever. Yeah. Like he was this perverted old man. His, his, was still trying his caretaker. He's an old man and he's being taken care of. You know, he, 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 I don't know if he was in the nursing home or if he was at home. And then um, she she reported him to the police. Thank God that was. And wow. then Timmy Timmy White by this time has grown. And he was subpoenaed to testify in Parnell's criminal trial. And Stephen was dead, but testimony of, of, at his earlier trial was read to the jurors. It was allowed. And then he died of natural causes. Parnell died of natural causes at a California medical facility while serving a sentence of 25 years of life on January 21st, 2008. Now, uh, Timmy, yeah, yeah, that that was even that was even in a wilder step for like 2004. Take that in for a moment. This man was literally trying to do sex trafficking, like he was trying to have somebody traffic a dying. child. Dying. I mean, I mean, you know, he, he's an old ass man, and he's trying. He's now he went a step further than kidnapping. He's sex trafficking. I'm not trying to say kidnapping and what was what happened. To, to, to Stephen and Timmy. I'm not trying to diminish that. I'm just trying to say 
it takes a, even a whole other level of evil once you start to move, put money in on the equation, and actually try to involve people to sex traffic. Hey, why did give his nurse, his caretaker? Right! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God, I'm not laughing because I mean, it's not funny. I'm laughing because he's so... That anybody would be that stupid. When I heard this on the docuseries, I was like, what the hell? What the fuck is going on here? Like, how how did... Look, all we can do is applaud the caretaker for turning his ass in. Okay? Yeah. Because I was just mind-boggled. Well, wouldn't you turn him in if you were his caretaker? Hell yeah, I'd turn his ass I know, in. Somebody, some, because, you know... It, I mean, I, nobody take offense to that. First of all, we had to ask him, are you having dementia first? And, need- it's, and, and his, his, his past was public record. There was a miniseries. <laughs> Apparently, I mean, he must have been regressing at that point, and that's not to make light Either of dementia. Regressing or but he- I really, it just doesn't add up. Like, are you that dumb? Either regressing or he was so narcissistic had that he thought he was above that. I mean, he was above the law. Something, so. something mentally was definitely now, ill. Now, another sad note. It's a couple of sad notes to this. The sadness is next week's episode, but. This is another sad note. It uh, involves Timothy White. Uh, Timothy White became a Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department deputy. And he died on April 1st, 2010, at the age of 35 from a pulmonary embolism. The same thing Jennifer died of. And five months later, a statue of Stainer and White was dedicated in Applecare Park in Merced. And residents of Utah, White's hometown, Carved a statue showing teenage Stainer with young white in hand while escaping their captivity. Mm-hmm. That makes me want to cry. And fundraisers for the statue has stated that it's meant to honor Stephen Stainer and give families of missing and kidnapped children hope that they are still alive. Yeah. Is there, um, we need to find something. Um, We need it, look and see if there's a, a a hotline number. There's one with the missing. What is it? For um, missing children, if you if you suspect something of this, yeah, that you can call this number because really we should get this out there. That's the number they didn't. What they the used to have on the milk cartons and everything. Yeah, Stephen was probably on the milk cartons because that's when they started doing the milk cartons. Was in. Um, Okay, well, here's the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. What's the, what is the number? They used to have a number. Why are you not? Oh, 24-hour hotline right here. Yeah. Oh, well, I hit it. It's trying to make me call, but I'm not going to do that. Okay, I got the number right here. It's uh, 1-800-843-5678. I'll repeat that one more time. It's one 800 843 Five six seven eight, and that is the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And if anyone, if anybody suspects, I would rather them, even you know, if somebody's innocent. I would rather them investigate that than have a child go through what these children went through. Right. You know. So if you even have any suspicion at all, call that number. Yeah. I mean, the worst that's going to happen if they're innocent is that they're going to just be inconvenienced a little bit, you know? But I I think if they're decent parents, they would be glad that there was somebody there to protect the children. And um, one more sad thing is um, uh, uh, Delbert Stainer, Stephen's father, uh, died on April 9th, 2013, 
at his home in Winton, California. Uh, Kay is still alive. Now, uh, the, the, the documentary is called Captive Audience. It's on Hulu. Captive Audience, A Real American Horror Story. I recommend everybody watch that. It's really, really good and very, very thorough. And it's it's not too bad of a watch. About every no. episode about 40, 50, 40 to 50 minutes. So and it's long. three episodes. And it's three episodes total. Each one's about 40 to 50 minutes. Now, next week we get into what happened to Stephen's brother. It has a whole different story. Yeah. And it's tragic and it, it, it's... we. I, uh, it's something that we I really wish wouldn't have happened. I really do. That yeah. family had enough pain. But anyway, um, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at A Shutters. Uh, our Facebook page is the official page of Open Shutters of Creepy Podcast. Instagram is at Open Shutters Podcast. Uh, email is at Open Shutters at Yahoo.com and Movie Shutters at AOL.com. So we're going to be back with part two next week. So until then, enjoy the view from the open shutters. But don't fall out the window. Unless you're Parnell. You'll fall on your ass and break your ass. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.